You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. I'm a huge Bond fan. Everybody who has listened to Movie Guys Podcast knows I'm a huge Bond fan. I was waiting for this. It's been six years I've been waiting for this movie. I have had many predictions on where this was going to go. I'm very happy with some of the predictions that I made. We'll talk about some that I was wrong on. But here we are, the concluding chapter of this Daniel Craig Bond. Eric, how the hell are you doing? Relieved that finally got to watch this movie two years after it was supposed to be released. This got a lot of this, and this probably will keep uh, as a, a, a staple or the movie as example for the lockdown. This was the, the start of it. This was right one of the first, if not the first, yes. that was held off. This and like Tenant were delayed uh, what seemed to be almost indefinitely um, until we got it. Here we are. So, yeah, I guess I'm happy that it finally came out, so I don't have to worry about it anymore. Well, what I'm not happy about is how I saw this movie. We were going to go see this movie in theaters, but my wife decided that, you know, and, and also I decided that we wanted to go and check out uh, this movie at a drive-in. Now, the last movie I saw in a drive-in, Eric, was in 1993. I saw Casper. I remember that very vividly. That's the last time I saw it, and the movie quality sucked then. And, spoiler alert, fans, the movie quality still sucks today. Do not see this movie in a drive-in. I was squinting more than half of the time trying to see what exactly is that that I'm seeing. Very dark film. You do not see this in a drive-in. Yeah, that's very unfortunate that you chose to do a drive-in for this movie, Jordan. I just kind of heard that you were doing that and did one of those, you know, those Midwesterner well, you know, kind of uh, reactions. I was just like, well, that's good luck to you, bud. Uh, this well, was, it was actually the first uh, movie theater kind of official return for, for me. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, I mean, this was this was teetering on there. But also this was going to the drive in was a lot cheaper, too, than going to see it in theaters because we were going to see it like six, seven o'clock on a Saturday night. And this cost us less than 20 bucks. So that's uh, why we went. Also, we wanted to bring our five-year-old with us. So I saw entirety. We can review it. Adam's family too. Yeah. And... We'll put that one on for, for, for later. We'll put that one on the, with the bundle, the garbage bin at the end of the, the end of the season there. Well, buddy, before we get into bond, I just wanted to share this with you because I couldn't believe it. I've heard rumors, which we are going to review it fans. That is coming. In November, we're going to be uh, reviewing Venom uh, 2, but this is one of those drive-ins where it had like the dual screens, right, Eric? Okay. So I'm watching Adam's Family, because that was the first movie, right? All the kids are going to see Adam's Family, and then Bond's on afterwards. So, you know, my daughter's excited. She's five. This is her first drive-in. Big ordeal for her. On the screen over, instead of watching Adam's Family, I'm trying to pay attention to Venom 2 because I would rather watch that, Okay. Venom 2, from the rumors that I've heard, is so short that the credits were over with while the credits for Adam's Family just started. Wow. Okay, so it's a short so movie. So I was like, very short. And I was like, God, why do we watch this one? And then I had a 15-minute intermission, and then we get Bond. So 
freaking excited knowing that this was going to be Daniel Craig's last one. I was excited where they're going to go with this. Barbara Broccoli uh, has said that they're probably not going to make another one for at least a decade. And I think that's okay after what we get with this movie. Okay. Well, what were your expectations going into it? Because, uh, or, or just like walk me through, like it, your hype on this was a lot more than, than mine. You know, like right. I, I've seen not all of the Bond movies, or at least, you know, I, I kind of remember the, the little short facts about it. But obviously, these movies are done to a fashion, done to a style where I could just tell you everything, the story in five, ten minutes, but the right. movie takes three, three hours instead. So um, so as we were going into it, story-wise, what were you expecting? Well, quite a few things. One, I thought this was going to be Dr. No, uh, a, a pretty much a, a retelling of Dr. No. I mean, the title is No Time to Die. Uh, Rami Malek looks just like the henchman, Dr. No, from the very first Bond movie. Bond is not a transcender. He has never been a – I'm sorry, sender, setter. He's never been a trendsetter. He's always been a follower. And a year before Casino Royale comes out in 2005, we get Batman Begins, and every studio is like, we got to do blah, blah, blah begins. And we finally got Casino Royale, which is the first Bond book. They haven't made a movie about it, and they finally got a chance to do it because of court documents, and that's a whole nother show. But they finally got the rights to it, so they're going to make the very, very first one. So how this all plays out, because of the gun barrel sequence, which is, again, me and my little nerdism, uh, we have uh, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, and Skyfall. All three of those is Bond Begins. Spectre and No Time to Die is supposed to be the James Bond that we know James Bond. That is how this is supposed to be played. So I'm going into this expecting Daniel Craig is going to die at the end. I'm expecting uh, another major character, either Money Penny or M, is to die. Uh, I'm expecting Rami Malek to be Doctor No, and I'm expecting uh, Swan, the wife, to die as well, like she did in Her Majesty's Secret Service. I'm expecting everybody to die, but you know, <laughs> burn it all, start new, huh? Well, yeah, because where else are you going to go for? But we'll talk about that later. Uh, but that's what I was expecting. I was expecting everybody to die because this character has to die. This Bond is not your father's Bond. This is such a different Bond, and he has so many loose ends that he has to tie up. And they do in this movie, thank God. But so many things they needed to fix and put a bow on, and they uh, finally did. And I'm glad they did it. I'm, I'm really glad they did it. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm that you're glad because whatever they wrapped up in his storyline, they certainly left open in everyone else's. Uh, these characters, I, I don't feel a damn thing from. Um, I don't supposed to. I have a lot of questions about these people too. I just, okay. I, it just, I really don't understand a, a whole. Like, I, I get it from obviously from like watching the movie, but I also just feel like they left a whole lot out, especially uh, Remy Malek's character, who we get to see in the beginning right. of this of this movie, which, already question number one, age. Um, because he, at the time of him, at the, at the beginning of this, this sequence, it, where it opens up in like some sort of winter kind of scene, um, some house cabin, um, we don't know where, but the people are speaking French, so maybe you presume France. I think we find out later it's Norway. 
Right. Uh, uh, but um, whatever, and he marches through the, the snow with like China doll mask on and a uh, machine gun, kills the mom, the girl hides, uh, the dad is away, and this crazy kind of almost like a Inglorious Bastards type of sequence type of thing, she gets away. And he right. shows her some mercy after being shot. But either way, in this sequence, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't so know. So you have some questions. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if he's okay. 19 or 53. All right, so what because was the, Because when we all, get introduced to him later on, is I have the same question. I don't know if you're supposed to be 19 or 53. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, valid questions for somebody who's not a huge Bond fan, but I was very, very happy with this opening. Number one, it looks gorgeous. It looks gorgeous, and I love Rami Malek's character where the camera's behind him and he sees the house over the distance, and he's not running. He's not being stealthy. He's literally walking to the house as the mother and father, uh, mother and daughter are having their normal daily life of mommy needs her liquid medicine, mm. right? I mean, just it, it, creepy. To me, that was creepy. Very well done. You oh, yeah. hear me complain about the Definitely. effects. So the reason why Raymond Malik, you dumb, perfect. The reason why Raymond Malik kills the mom is because the mom is married to Mister White, and who is Mister White? If you don't remember, especially to the fans, in the beginning of Quantum of Solace, the second Bond film where the evil villain wanted to get oil. If you remember that, there was a car chase at the beginning of the movie, and in the trunk of Bond's car was the bad guy who killed. La Chifra at the end of the torture scene when Bond gets hit in the nuts with the torture scene. And Mr. White was the leader of Quantum. And then we don't see Mr. White again until Spectre, where Bond finds out who Mr. White is, where he lives, and we find out that his daughter is Swan. And he says, I will protect your daughter, but you got to tell me who she is. And then Mr. White kills himself because of Blofeld. So therefore... Bond marries Mr. White's daughter. So that's what we're seeing, of course, in this beginning. We see the mom. Mr. White is gone. Rami Malek's character says to the drunk mom on the couch, I am here for vengeance of my parents. I mean, uh, spell it right out right there. Mr. White killed his parents. So he's there for revenge to yep. kill Mr. White's family. Great opening. Great yep. opening. And then we get uh, – so that's a nice little tie. Uh, that's a nice little end to that bow. Then we get into the actual James Bond opening when they're in Italy. He's on a he's on a honeymoon uh, with his new bride. Uh, very beautiful shot, of course. And then he the next day after a night of lovemaking, he has to go and say goodbye to somebody else, a ghost of his past, if you will. And he goes to the team of Vesper. Eric, who is Vesper? Uh, it's uh, they make uh, scooters. So you don't remember Vesper at all? Uh, here's the thing: is that uh, I, no, there's a lot of things that I I, I, I didn't. I, what I saw was him being like, "I need to go say bye to somebody," and then when he went right. to go, were they in Spain or somewhere or Cuba? Italy, Italy, fucking whatever, Italy. Um, when he goes to say bye to whomever at that graveyard, and they showed right. a picture of it being um, what's her name, I was like, well, "That's Vesper. weird." That that he is like married to this girl and she's like, uh, hey, wife, um, I'll be right back. I got to go remember one of my old hoes that I was seeing a couple movies ago. 
Absolutely wrong. I, I'm sorry. Absolutely wrong. So, That's exactly. What, so it, they were hooking up, no, right? Were they? Were they no. like teammates no, so, or something? Hold on. Hold on. No. I'm, I'm gonna get it. No. No. Bond and and Casino Royale. Bond, the very first Craig movie. Bond was a different kind of Bond. He was not into laying with women. He was only on the mission. Right, he didn't care about women, kind of like how Connery used to do, or whatever, uh-huh. or Brosnan. So he had no heart for women. Well, Vesper was working with Her Majesty, and she was the one that was helping him through the poker game. And he actually fell in love with her, like he hardcore, was, fell in love with her. A- Ava Green, right? Yeah, right, right. He hardcore fell in love with her. Um, he even named his drink. Uh, before he got into the vodka martini, which he shaken not stirred, he didn't do that in the beginning of that movie. Right. That came later. His drink that he made, he called the Vesper. He, uh, she just she she tamed the beast, if you will. And at the end of the movie, you found out that she was a secret agent. She double crossed him. In doing so, she felt so horrible because she loved him too that she purposely drowned and it destroyed him and it broke his heart. And every single movie. She has been a ghost, if you will, uh, always coming up in his past uh, for the one that got away, uh, the first love. So for him to say goodbye to Vesper, hey, Vesper, goodbye. I am going to go and be married to um, Swan here and be happy. That is a big, big deal. But then to have him realize there's a white business card and see the Spectre Octopus logo and have it blow up in his face. I love Bond movies because he would never survive that. Beautiful. No, he uh, he seems to um, be able to survive any explosion that comes near his way, uh, well, no so. matter the hour many grenades. Maybe they're just weak grenades. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I guess blowing up a, a, a headstone, a whole memorial, actually, um, I mean, he, he he loses his his footing. He gets blown back. He's able to just get up and run away, no problem. You Am know? I helping you at all with Looks some dirty. of this backstory? Oh, I still like the way that I said it, like with Ava Okay, <laughs> but no, yeah, no, mean, no, yes, yes, you are very much. Um, is is, I'm is, is Vesper coming back to you at all? Uh, yeah, her. Yes, I remember this. Okay, just want to make sure because I'm. I remember, the, I remember the drink because it had like a little citrus twist. Right. We get a great action sequence in the beginning. Uh, also, what's really cool about these Daniel Craig movies is that Q is around, but he hasn't really been around, so there's not a lot of gadgets. This time, we actually get a car with machine guns in the in the headlights. Great sequence. Love the action sequence. Also love the opening title sequence. We get Billie Eilish singing No Time to Die a lot better than Sam Smith's uh, – uh, Spectre theme last time around. That was horrible. This is a good, this is a classic Bond theme, don't you think? I would agree with you there that this this was definitely a, a kind of the more of a classic uh, Bond Bond theme, but I, I feel that anyone who's, who gets tagged with doing the Bond theme, like it's just kind of, I don't know, it just seems commercial and almost like a chore, almost, you know, type of thing. It's, so it, it, it works. That, wow. it, it, no, it, it's fine. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not impressed by it, especially you don't by think her. The Dell but... Skyfall is great. Oh, I like the Dells, of course. But she, she's That's got a better a voice than than most people who have done it. Right, but Billy Irish is pretty up there. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, Bond themes have become a thing 
over the past like 30 years and like it's a big deal for artists to do that and i mean like we've had artists such as paul mccartney join this we've had alicia keys do this you know uh garbage has done this madonna yep and i mean now we get Billie eilish who i was surprised that we got and she did a good job i think she's just she's not as good as adele because it's freaking adele uh, but she's there. I mean, she's there compared to some Bond themes. I was really happy with the title sequence. And also, because me being a Bond fan and why I thought this was Dr. No, is because after he puts her on the train and says, I'll never see you again, uh, we get these different colored dots across the screen that goes in the title sequence. And that's exactly how the original Dr. No movie opens with those dots. So I'm was, like, oh my god, this is Doctor No. That was a pretty cool opening, and maybe it still is. Maybe maybe it's just like the the new No, you know. But um, no, that opening sequence was was, was pretty cool. Um, obviously, it's it's a standard, and yeah, it was it was good. It works, you know. It didn't uh, it wasn't uh, it didn't drag like some some no, yeah. like, like the Sam Smith one or you know it was just like oh geez like uh, you know this thing got a refrain to like it, it, wrap it up. It's uh yeah, so it was an appropriate. You don't want to you know have people just sitting there, looking at their phones during the opening sequence. Oh, I know. Like some of them have gone on for over seven minutes, and it's like, okay, move on. Let's get to the movie. Well, wasn't so that, I totally agree with it. Wasn't it Quantum of of Silence? Which one was it? Where like it was twenty minutes into the movie before the opening sequence. Well, I mean, happened. Skyfall was in there too. Was it Skyfall? I think it was Skyfall then. Yeah, yeah. Well, Skyfall and also Spectre too. Spectre, Spectre opened up with the Day of the Dead in Mexico with the big huge helicopter fight. But yeah, wasn't one of them? Yeah, yeah where was they like running? Spectre or Skyfall. They're running on the rooftops. Running the rooftops. That would be Spectre. I think that was, that was it, one. right? Yeah. Then the, with like the motorcycle yeah. and. Oh, yeah. running the rooftop. Okay, with that motorcycle, that's definitely okay. So, one hundred percent, you're thinking of Skyfall. Then, yes, that's Adele's. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's where, yeah, like the opening yeah. sequence was like a, a solid 20 minutes or half an hour before they right. started to do the uh, the title card and opening sequence. And the reason why Bond drops her off at the train, this movie's really long, fans don't worry, we're not going to go scene by scene, but just go with us here because this is the beginning of it. The reason why that he lets her go and says, hey, you're never going to see me again, deuces, is because he thinks that she set him up. Yeah, th Bond thinks that Bond thinks his new bride set him up, which shocked me because in the opening of the sixth film, which is on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is George Lazenby instead of Sean Connery, he gets married and his wife gets no, I'm sorry, um, Diamonds Are Forever, Sean Connery's last film, he gets married and his wife gets killed in the beginning by an assassin. So I thought they were going to do the same thing. Uh, that did not happen. Uh, see you later. You definitely set me up. She didn't have time to explain herself. Move on. Credits. Been five years now. It says five years later, and 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 Bond is uh, Bond's living it up in Jamaica, I think. Yep, doing the uh, doing the usual, you know, where he, he he's living life reclusively, fishing daily for his dinner, and you know, living like kind of that that romantic life, I guess. It just kind of seems All to happen. All by himself. I just want just to point out, like Bond does it. It seems to be kind of cool, but when Bert from Tremors does it, not as cool. 
Because it's it's Bert from Tremors. It's not. They mine. do the same thing. One has more facial hair. One has more suave and charm and swagger. One is a toting redneck. They're both I'll doing the you... same thing. They're both living on a tropical island and uh, oh fishing for the food. I'm just saying, you know, living off the grid by their by well, their every, choice. Well, everybody who's been a fan of Movie Guys podcast for the past six years, this will be our last episode because my best buddy Eric has just compared compared fucking Bert to James Bond, and he does not see a difference. Have a good night. What if <laughs> we might as well get there, man? This is this is might be the crossover movie that we need, Jordan. Oh God, I hope not. That'll never happen. They should do more crossovers. Nope. All right, now we're yeah, now we're getting. Re- but why the but why Bonds in Jamaica? We get a team of uh, mercenaries killing a bunch of doctors, and they're stealing something. So let's go ahead and jump ahead for a second. What they're stealing, and I'm kind of confused by this plot. And maybe you can help me out. But what we find out what they're stealing is that it is, it is a nanobot technology, correct? And yeah. It, and, it, and, and it eats you from the inside out, but it's also programmed. Am I correct on this? Yeah, we get later on that it's uh, a project that was kind of commissioned by M, right, called Heracles. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a bioweapon that is... Uh, yeah, basically able to be like a programmable uh, bioweapon. So they could be passed to everybody, but only kill the person that is programmed to, to kill. Kind of right. Like a, a pure, perfect assassin, as he as he said it, as it was. So basically, this this is starting to open up the uh, very similarly to Mission Impossible 3 with the Chimera uh, virus. I just want to point that out as well, too. It's always yeah, scientists. Right. Yeah, don't like this. I actually will ding the movie for that. Um, I like the simple plots because the Craig movies have been so simple, and this is where they get really convoluted. I mean, uh, Silva, who was the villain of Skyfall, he just wanted good old-fashioned revenge. There was no nanobot technology. There was no uh, chemical bio, nothing like that. It was just good old mono mono And that's what the Craig movies have mostly been. There has been none of this before. But again... Bond Begins is over with. Spectre in this one is starting to that Bond phase with the, you know, machine guns in the car situation, which hadn't happened in the past three films. So it's kind of annoying because they're not following the M.O. of what they had before in the past, but I'm going to go with it. It's Bond, nanobots, kill you, fine, whatever. But anyway, we go back to Bond. He's living in Jamaica, and... My boy, who I haven't seen since Quantum of Solace, the second movie, Felix Leiter is back. His CIA friend. Hey, Felix. What's up, bud? How you doing? I love Felix. Yep. He's just, uh, you know, a friendly face. Wearing a, now, a friendly shirt. Now, of course, the first time Felix showed up in the Daniel Craig movies wasn't uh, Casino Royale. He shows up again in Quantum Solace, and we haven't seen him since. But Felix Leiter has been in the other Bond films, and I'm assuming... Eric, I don't think you're big of a Bond fan as me or at all. You don't know the history of Felix Leiter. I'm assuming you don't care. Or I mean, like, is this is a please, please go ahead, go ahead. No, don't do you. I do no, you know no, I don't. Bond? I, I okay. know not, know nothing of him. Uh, so, well, Felix, so please go ahead and educate. Felix Leiter has been in the James Bond movies since the very, very first one with Doctor No. He comes in and out of some movies. Some movies uh, he's not in at all. Sometimes he's just spoken of or. 
Sometimes he's a major character. The last time we saw Felix before Daniel Craig was actually in License to Kill, which was the last Timothy Dalton film, and he was ripped apart and killed by sharks. Damn. <laughs> and the evil henchman of that movie um, was, oh, crap. He's in um, he's in uh, Sin City. Oh, shoot. Anyway. Oh, uh-huh. Man, I'm just good. Um, okay, Sin City, you've seen that movie, right? Enter the fans who've seen that movie. Um, he's the guy who was trying to beat up Brittany Murphy, and then he shoots himself in the head with the gun barrel in Sin City. Remember we're talking about? Yeah, but it's not a big deal. Right, well, he's the henchman. That was a starring role, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so yeah, that was the last time we saw Felix Slider was in 1988-1989 before this Craig movie, and he got ripped apart by sharks. So it's great to see Felix Slider here. Also, his blonde friend. I've been seeing this guy in a lot of movies recently. The last the last movie I saw him in, he was the douchebag banker in, uh, in the uh, movie uh, with Steve Carell all about how the housing market crashed. Big oh, short, yeah, the big that? short, yes. Yeah. Last time we saw him, anyway, Bonds in Jamaica living it up. There's this African woman, uh, African or Jamaican, I don't know, uh, who's kind of been eyeballing her, uh, eyeballing him. He sees her everywhere she goes. Eventually, they meet up at the club. She goes home with James Bond. She takes off her wig. She sits on the bed. Again, I'm skipping things because this is a long movie. No one making a long show. And he's just like, hey, hey, I – I, I know who you are. You are a double O. How long you been? She's like, five years. He's like, cool. What number is she? She's like, W-O-7. And then the reveal of him saying, that's eh, just a number. Yep. I don't it, it means nothing to me, and I'm a Bond fan. Does that mean anything to you? Uh, what, does it, what does it mean? No, it means nothing to me. Meaning it's, that... It means nothing to me. Yeah, I mean, people, people went on Twitter, oh my God, this person is playing 007. This is a sin. It, it's not. I'm just going to squash it here for Movie Guys Podcast. So let somebody be the title 007. She's not Jane Bond. James Bond is still James Bond. No matter what you put else in front of it, he's James Bond. Oh, yeah, for sure. So for him to say, eh, it's just a number, it's not a big deal. No, I mean, I, I've always – my introduction was GoldenEye. And in GoldenEye, we there was a 006. So – right. My whole world to James Bond was knowing that those numbers are just ranks in MI6. Wait, so you, your first Bond film that you remember was Goldeneye? Yep, that was the big one that that came out because it was like the the reintroduction. It was Pierce Brosnan's first one, and obviously, like there was a very very popular video game that came out along with it too for '64. Oh, sure, so you know, you kind of had to watch the movie as well too. Um. Yeah, that was that was kind of the the, the big uh, movie for me. I had not really seen any of the other ones, or if I did, I didn't see them all the way through, or remembered them enough to to tell you anything about it. You know, um, I don't know. But back then, geez, I had to have been, been like eleven years old. I was probably watching all a bunch of like sci-fi or horror movies or cartoons. Probably a bunch of '90s sitcom garbage and cartoons. Right around that time. Oh sure. So oh, yeah. I mean, uh, oh yeah. Goldeneye came out what ninety five. Yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, of course. But I got into Bond because my dad's a Bond fan. So I, I grew up with Roger Moore. Dad showed me all those movies. And little fun fact: we get back to the movie. Ian Fleming's the guy who wrote all the Bond books. 
The reason why that movie is called GoldenEye is because that is the name of Ian Fleming's private island, GoldenEye. Just dude, so you know. Dude had his own island? Oh, fuck yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. So I, I was going into it thinking that already that the, the title was just a rank. Just a kind of an right. agent, agent rank, yeah. I mean, like, the only question I have for it, and it's not because of the actress's skin color or that it's a woman doing it or whatever, all my question is, does it go past 007? I wish they would explain it. If you're going to have her be 007, explain that more. Does that mean that, because we know from Casino Royale in the first movie that you get the double O status because you have two kills as a trainee. Once you get your two kills, you are a double O. That's what that means. You so get you your license that. to kill. Right, you get your license to kill. So are there only seven of these agents? So if one retires, let's say double O five retires or gets killed in the line of duty, then the next person in the ranks, do they become double O five? I don't know. I wish they would have specified. That's another gripe I have with this movie. Because that's the only reason why you introduce a character like this, who is the new 007. That's yeah. my opinion. That's the only reason. If not, just don't have her be 007. Have her be 008. I don't care. Well, I guess that's uh, on a need-to-know uh, basis there, Jordan. Is you, We're never going to know. Uh, you need to um, join Her Majesty's Secret Service in order to find out. I guess so. So we haven't talked about him in a while, but what do you think of M? Now I know since you said GoldenEye was your first movie going into uh, James Bond, you, M has always been Judy Dench to you. But what do you think of Ralph Fiennes as M? I think he's a very, very good substitute for Judy Dench. I mean, I, I mean, I like him. I mean, really, the role all you need is is just the you know the 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 Dick kind of parent behind the desk just to bark orders. Um, it's not like you know, he, he brings anything special to the to the role. You you know, a lot of a lot of different actors can do the to do the same thing to play an intimidating person with authority. He does a very good job though. Like he's he's obviously um, aged a bit, you know, so it, it it looks a bit better for the role. I I like him as this. It, it's a good it's a good role for him. Well, I mean, it's also very iconic though, too, buddy. Because oh, it's a badge. Uh, but again, anything in this movie is, is kind of like. You know, we're, like we're so we're so far be, beyond kind of this being like some sort of you know regular cash cow. This is this is iconic. This is like a, is you know, it's a routine right. thing in the industry of movies, which does not happen often because um, you know not too many movies are are going to be so much are are, are going to be so regular like this. You know, God, I can only hope Fast and Furious uh, is like this. <laughs> But you know we we have a new Dominic Toretto coming out every five years. You know, oh my god, you you're just gonna do it, okay? So I um, I'm saying it out loud to put it into the universe, and uh, yeah. well, and by the universe I actually mean Universal Pictures. So maybe that they can pick it up. A lot of people agree with you, unfortunately. Um, again, this is going a little bit too long. So um, so pretty much. The big stuff is Felix Slater has one more job for Bond. They need to figure out about these nanobot things. Bond reluctant, but then he eventually agrees. Felix Slater, Bond, and they meet up with uh, this woman who is in a very, very beautiful dress, but she also can kick ass. We had a fight sequence 
where Blofeld is still in prison, but he has this eye that's kind of walking around, and Blofeld thinks that these nanobots are going to kill James Bond, but the scientist with the heart of gold decides to switch the nanobot technology so it kills everybody who's a part of Spectre besides Bond. I think that was kind of cool. Um, good fight sequence, all leading up to the meeting, the uh, reunion of Blofeld and the ex-wife. Uh, do you got anything to add about that fight sequence before we get into the reunion? Uh, I learned that, um, what's her name, Anna Diarmas? That the uh, woman in the dress, yes, or 007 in Cuba, the woman okay. in, in the dress that she was asked to do it after her and Daniel Craig filmed Knives Out together. Oh, really? I did not know that. So, uh, I would have liked to see more from her. They just kind of had her in, uh, on a beat to just do this quick, yeah, but she was thing. a badass, though, yeah, exactly, which is why. I kind of wanted more, you know, to have her just kind of be in and out and just play this charming, like, Oh, hi, you know, I'm, you know, I'm new, you know, it's my second week on the job type of thing, or, you know, or three weeks training or whatever. Uh, it, it was, she did a very good job with it, you know, and it, it added, it added like humor to the movie almost. It, it did. And it, this, it, it made is... it kind of in the same way that like these Marvel movies have been doing, where it's like this funny action type of thing where, you have the high tension moments from the action, and then the comedy of these little these little cute moments from her or um, or whomever else to kind of break the tension and just kind of have you you know take a breath and smile for a bit. And it works. It, it, it works with this one. It, it very work. It works very well for me too because in this part of the movie, if this wasn't the last one for Craig, this would be the woman who would kick ass but then die. And then Bond would go and avenge her death. That's typically what would happen with this character. And I'm so glad they didn't go that route. Uh, they go on a boat to, I, I don't, again, we're just, go quick here. Felix Leiter gets shot by his traitor uh, blonde friend who is working with, well, we know, we think it's Blofeld, but it's Remy Malik. Felix Leiter dies. A little bit better than getting torn apart by sharks, but sad death. I haven't seen him in a while. Sad to see him go. I don't know if it means anything to you, but but Hopefully Felix Leiter means dying something. In this movie of... Tells me that Bond dies. I mean, that's that's where I talk from it. You know, it's it's of course it's sad, especially because it was a betrayal too. Right. Yeah. So yeah, of course it. Uh, you know, and especially for a character who's like helping the main character out, you know, he's, you don't want him to wish anything bad about that. No, of course not. But then we get into the reunion of Blofeld and his ex and Bond. Now, tell me how – again, because this plot – as you can tell from my voice, Eric, and people are listening to this episode, I am more excited about the big stuff because of them tying this into a bow. The plot really is kind of crappy, and it's convoluted. But what happens here? So Bond goes to meet Blofeld, sees the axe. She gets infected with the nanobots, and she, then she gives that to. She's a psychiatrist, and she had a meeting with Remy Malik prior to this meeting, and, and it's really why she was told to go see Blofeld, right, under right. the uh, um, kind of the direction of um, what's it, Safin? 
Safin. Dr. No, but yes, Safin. Dr. No, sure. Uh, under his, his direction and said that, hey, before you go there, make sure you put this on, this perfume on before you go see him. The spray. Right. And she goes to the bathroom, sprays it on her wrists, and then that would be the nanobots that would ultimately kill uh, Blofeld. But um, right. but she chickens out because she doesn't want to... She's not a killer. She doesn't want to kill anybody, you know, which kind of dropping hits the entire time that they... You know, she's not a bad person. She's not a bad guy at all. She just kind of seems to be having unfortunate luck of just being caught in the middle of a horrible world, you know, threatening events. Uh, but as she leaves, James Bond grabs her by the wrist where she spread her hand. And right. so as soon as that happen. happened, I, I, I was just waiting. I was like, all right, well, this is just a moment before he touches Blofeld. I, was like, I, I knew exactly that was going to happen. Right, which Blofeld has to die. And, like, Blofeld in the other movies with Connery and Roger Moore, Blofeld was that villain that always seemed to die at the end, but always came back. Like, just as an example, um, he kills Blofeld, Blofeld in the fifth movie, but the Blofeld, it, but Blofeld comes back as the main villain in the seventh movie, Diamonds Are Forever, and it's a different actor. And James Bond says, "But you don't look like Blofeld." Donald Pleasance is the Blofeld that that he that was played, and he goes, "Well, I had face reconstructive surgery." You know, that was always who Blofeld was. He was always his nemesis. Oh you know? well, he's dead now. There was a body, and he's Blofeld's right. Dead. So again, this t- Felix Leiter is dying, is dead. Blofeld, his arch nemesis, his Joker, if you will, he's dead. Bond has to die. That's what I'm thinking throughout this whole point. Also, we find out that uh, the ex-wife got a little busy in the past five years. She has a five-year-old daughter, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she denies she denies that this is Bond's kid. Now, we get the reveal if this kid is his kid or not, but at this point, when we get the reveal that, hey, she has a five-year-old, Eric, did you think, oh, this is Bond's kid no matter what, or do you, or do you believe her story? Oh no! I, as soon as I saw that that kid had blue eyes, I, I, I was like, "Well, that's that's an easy tell right there." Um, th- yeah, no, that that was easy enough for me to to care. Right that the kid looks five. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Uh, so no, as soon as I saw those eyes, I was like, "Yeah, too." Um, Sarah was quick to point out too that after the title credits, is that when she was on the train that she grabbed her her belly, too. Oh, she did. When when as soon as. You know, they they did the, the breakaway. That sly little minx. Yeah, you know, little movie language is there. Mm-hmm. Well, we get, you know, we get into Dr. No, Remy Malek's character. He looks just like him. And his plot is not just personal revenge, but to take the nanobots and to infect the world? Because, uh, because I guess, right? I, is it the the world, or, or is it just like he has this kind of plan to infect everybody so that he, and he can like, you know, activate it whenever? Yeah, like I mean, like he's infect everybody. So like, okay, to die to, uh, today, I'm going to kill John Smith. Like, is that his thing, or is it like infe- like eventually get a chance to infect the world leaders so he can become? It's not specified. No. No, it's not. And a lot of things with this character is not, which is why it bothered me. I, I like the character's look and presence. 
I right. don't know anything about it other than you killed my parents. It's like, oh, geez, that inspired you to run a like a global billion dollar corporation and buy your right. own island with shipping operations and like your whole logistics operation is just at its own. You know, like people have health care. You know, like you have people employed on payroll. Like that's what that's what you did all just to to do this. So I want to know a little bit more, other than it just being some guy with a weird deformity that's also unexplained. And uh, for you know him to be like, oh, you killed my parents. Also, yeah. I, you know, also I, I look ugly, and kids bullied me on the playground. Yeah, definitely a Death Star situation, right? Like, a lot of people are innocent in this. I mean, like, Eric, I actually agree with you. I think this is a big issue with the movie because what I love so much about Skyfall, like I said earlier in the review, uh, Silva's plot, yeah, he had this small little island, but what he said and how he got it made sense. He pretended that there was – because Silva's character in Skyfall was he was big on computer hacking. So he had that island think there was a gas leak, and everybody abandoned the island. That's why he has an island. And it's all for vengeance. And I would have rathered this movie since we have a new 007, if you will, and James Bond is retired and now he's divorced, may or may not have a kid. James Bond is a shell of who he is. Then this movie should be focused on the ex-wife and this whole plot, this whole Dr. No plot should have been focused mainly on the wife and Bond trying to save her. Keyword trying. Maybe she dies at the end. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. Having it be this this big, huge island with all these workers, it, it just it's, it's nonsense. And, and 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 to have a plot about nanobots, it it it's too convoluted for its own good. Now we're getting to Roger Moore Bond territory, Pierce Brosnan territory. You know what I mean? Like we're getting we're getting the ridiculousness. And that's yeah. something that I don't want. Well, it's getting to a point where there's so many steps in the story that you're losing me now, you know, where it's just like, yeah, you've gone past simple and it's, it's not that it's like deep enough to be interesting. It's like, it's deep enough because there are so many links in the chain. Right. No. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you will never hear me say this is the greatest plot ever because it is, it, it jumps the shark. It gets crazy. Um, but again, so like this all... started off as as a as a weapon that was commissioned by M, and but for some reason, like Safin got wind of it. Yeah, that's weird. With his too. scientist friend that was inside, I guess who that's weird. Who was being? Who also like? And then Spectre came into play because they found out about it, right? And they were going to kidnap the scientist, but he scientist was that that was weird too. It was like okay. So yeah. Safin like planned for Spectre to come in to MI6, break out the scientist who's working on it, the lead scientist on it, right? Take him out, and then once he was uh, out of MI6 or whatever, then Safin was would come in and then kill all of Spectre. Yeah. And well, yeah, I mean, him him killing Spectre would make sense. For what we know of what Spectre is from the last movie, but it, so it doesn't. It's like he got do, Spectre to kidnap the person so that he could kidnap the person from Spectre. Right. Pretty bad, convoluted. Um, at, while at the same time, also setting a trap for James Bond. Well, let's let's actually because at that party in Cuba, it was a trap and it was also for for Bond and for Spectre. 
which is why I was just like, holy shit, like, what a guy. Yes. To, to because, call all that. Well, Dr. No and Spectre are kind of enemies. So to kind of backtrack here, that's kind of interesting. Um, long time ago in the 60s and 70s, there was this other writer with Ian Fleming. And uh, once the Bond movies became popular, he sued the Fleming family. And he owned certain rights. He earned rights to Blofeld. He owned rights to Casino Royale and to the name Spectre. So when they did, because so when they finally won in court to get the name rights for Casino Royale to make that movie, um, the big bad was Quantum. That's why the second movie is called Quantum of Solace. Uh, Quantum is the new millennial version of Spectre, right? But then in between Skyfall and Spectre, the Broccoli family finally won in a court of law again, and they got the rights to Blofeld and Spectre again. So then the whole thing changed to where, oh, Quantum is a subsidiary of Spectre, which Blofeld is in charge of, but there's also the head of the octopus, if you will, which is Dr. No, who wants to destroy everything. That is how this is supposed to play. It didn't play it well, but that's how it's supposed to play. Well, um, that was you, – you said a lot right there. I did. I'm sorry. And, I, yep, uh, his house was very nice. <laughs> That's what I yes, say. That's that's what I, I'll say to that. Is that this <laughs> island retreat and garden were immaculate. It looked great. It looked very clean. Typical doctor, no. Yeah. Um, it looked cold. Yep. Um, you know, but you know, I don't know. It's got that island heat with that mountain cool. <laughs> we also get another reveal, of course, that the that the teenage girl. That the masked man who was trying to kill is the wife, and also the masked man was very like himself. No surprise, but that was a big reveal, right? Of of course, this this poor girl. You're telling me that she's she's what like a the daughter of Spectre, or she's the daughter of an agent of Spectre who was not an agent. She was the daughter of like the board of directors guy of Quantum, which is a subsidiary of Spectre. Who also pissed a lot of people off? That well, he's were... an assassin. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, her father was an assassin. He didn't personally kill people, and is that kind of assassin. But he was a part of the board of Quantum, and they got together and they said, "Okay, this person needs to die. This government agency needs to be destroyed." And he's responsible for hundreds, if not thousands, of people's deaths. So when Rami Malek's family got killed by her father, he gets revenge. And the whole movie should have been, oh, my God, I saved you because I have a heart. But now you're married to fucking James Bond. So fuck this nanobot shit. I got to kill you because you're dangerous. Because yeah. of who your dad was. Well, that's why I think I, I wanted a bit more from Safin's character because – you've established that they have history and you've only then just gloss over it in the entirety of two hours and 40 minutes of this movie. It's right. just like, if these two have such deep history, 
then ex- go into it a bit more, you know, like, yeah, uh, you know, instead of, instead of just like skimming over it and then like, why does he want that daughter so bad? Is it just because he hates bond that much? Why does he hate bond that much? You know, just, it, it, it's really just like lost in motive. I, I, I don't understand, you know, like it, it seems like you already got revenge for, for your parents' death, by the way, too. So well, well, it seems well, like you're just kill her though. Well, that's your own damn fault. You know, you let her live the first time. So yeah, exactly. To, to I see what you're saying. To the, go back and be like, oh, I made a mistake to let you live, and then be vengeful against her now. G- give me that, but it didn't. No, yes, hundred percent agree with you. That this is this is the worst plot I would say of all the Daniel Craig ones. I mean, it's it's nice how they kind of tie things together, but just the basic plot of that doesn't make any sense. And I don't want to keep on beating a dead horse. But that's how you should have made this movie. If if this is Bond retiring, make this villain go after the wife and Bond trying to protect his family. Yeah, dude, do some con level shit. You know, like right, got to do that. Tear, tear, yeah, tear it apart. Like make it, and and he does. But again, it's just like in a way where it's just like that. That's it. That's all you had. You know, like right. you you could have. <sighs> I, I I don't know. You could just killed him. You know, like you, you shot him twice, but instead of instead you spared his life just to give him this little nano disease. Just like what, like what kind of a bad guy are you? you That's know? actually a great idea, though, Eric. I actually will fight you on that one. That's a great idea because, hey, guess what? This is the woman that you love, right? It'd be like me telling you I'm the bad guy and I infect you with this disease, and I say, hey, guess what? You can never touch Sarah again for the rest of your life. The moment you touch her, she dies. I mean, like, that's, that's, this like, that is evil, in my opinion. I mean, that oh, is a yeah, evil of, plot. Of, of course it is, but again, like, you don't, who, who, how long have you known this, this character? You know? This is the first time you've been seeing, you've seen him, right? right Second time, maybe? Course. And just because, in, and so your history, your beef is not with this guy, it's with her, if anything, right? Because you let her live, and I, I don't, I just don't. See why he's going well, after. Well, it's also torturing her though, but that's also torturing her because she can't touch her husband. Sure, but, that, but, but then the same part, like you have the daughter uh, too, as well too. So like, why not? Like, if you're gonna give him that disease, then why do it in such a such a fucking weirdly timed way? Why not like do it like earlier on or, or however early chance that you can instead of keeping it as a safety charm around your neck? You know, it's like it's. it's it should be the first thing you should do is is spray him with that shit, and then everywhere that I go would be with those two. Right, a hundred percent. But that's not how this kind of movie or any Bond movie you had before w- would do that. I mean, of course, the villain always plays with his food, Eric. We've seen this a thousand but w- times. Wouldn't that be something? Just like, all right, well, you you can't even come near me because I'm with your, you know, a, your your wife and your daughter, and if you come near me, you'll kill them in doing so. And, That's a valid point, sure. And it's and it's you know it's delightful for me to watch because it's torture to, to both of you, as you know, you just are helpless to each other. So I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that could have been, you know, better written than. No, yeah, hundred percent. I, I don't, I don't like this. Written. I don't like this bad guy. I like him. I liked him for what the potential could have been, but right. I, I just didn't like how they how they wrote him in. It just seemed like it was such a lame. I don't know, man. You know what I mean? You know, it's like I'm walking on the sidewalk, and there's that, that there's that one leaf that looks so damn crunchy, 
And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to step on this thing. It's going to crunch. And you step on it, and it, it just doesn't, you know? It just, like, it's, it's, like, all wet, and it doesn't crunch. It's just like, man, what a lame fucking thing, you know? My expectations <laughs> have been ruined. I thought there was going to be more to it, but instead I got that. Because he should have been Dr. No. And I think we're delaying what happens at the end here. But that's okay, because that's what will make this better. That would have tied everything together. It just... Just he's Doctor No. Like he looks like it. His island is it. Everything about him is Doctor No. And I think that's one of the issues that we have with it. And and I don't know, Eric, if I'm if I'm explaining or if I'm hyping up Doctor No enough for you to get to where I'm getting at. But like Doctor No is the guy who just wants to watch the world burn. That's who his character was in the first movie. I have all these millions of dollars, and I can do it because I can't. And you can't negotiate with that. So it's like that's why I wish they would have done something different. If you want to ask the new to his character about having his family get killed by Bond's future wife's father, then fine. Go ahead. Throw that in there. You had a great opening. But then make it easier. Make it more compact. Because if you're going to – I mean like if this is going to be the last of this Daniel Craig saga, then everything has to be finished in a nice, tight little present bow. You know what I mean? And it doesn't right. end that way. So no. I 100% agree with you on that. 100%. But um, M decides to shoot missiles to blow up the island because uh, uh, Dr. No is going to shoot off the nanobots, right? That's the only way to defeat him? Yeah. Is it, the island is also a factory where he's been producing uh, Heracles, the nanobot um, bioweapon. And yeah, the decide to shoot missiles onto this island um even though they've had warnings from russia and japan that it could start a war but they say screw it uh god damn it we're from the uk why would why would russia or japan care if they shoot missiles on this island did they explain that because i didn't see that uh because it's an island that's in their you know, it's near their shit, and you're just shooting island. You know, shooting it, and they're just like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Why are you doing it?" You know, they don't know why. That's what it is. They're probably just pissed because they just don't know what's going on. There's no why. why. And hey, you're just like, well, no here. well, yeah. When you know, if you Jordan went outside and you saw that, you know, there was a, a you know, three people fighting on your front lawn. You know, when you want to be like, "Whoa, what the? Hey, wait a minute! What the hell are you guys doing?" You know, wouldn't you ask the same thing? Absolutely. Fine. Fair enough. So then Bond has to save everybody, saves the wife, saves the alleged child of his. He doesn't know at this point. And he he gets he gets obliterated. James Bond is dead for the first time in 25 movies. We have a definitive Bond death. Shocked. Shocked that they went out this way. I thought they would have had him gone out being shot. There's no way, though, right? I mean, he has to get blown up. Well, he, he does it. I was it completely surprised. As a noble sacrifice, because mm. Safin had infected him with the nanobots, with Heracles, that was programmed for um, his wife and the daughter's DNA. So, um, I, and this makes sense to me. At, at first, I was like, what the hell? But then it's, it makes sense to me because. Um, that stuff, that, that nanobot stuff stays on you. It doesn't come off. It's always in forever and it does spread. So 
if he were to live, then as long as he lives, he would be jeopardizing their livelihood. Yeah. So he, he made the decision to be like, well, nope. Um, so to stay on the island, and yeah, I, I mean, obviously we've seen this guy survive grenades, uh, you know, a few feet away. He obviously could have gotten off that island, but he chose to stay instead. Well, this is this was something that I read about later. This was Daniel Craig's idea because he 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 wanted to make it very clear because there was rumors he was going to do another one uh, that. He said he doesn't want to do Bond anymore. This was his idea and how he wanted Bond to die. This was not in the script to die like this. It wasn't the script that he was supposed to die, I guess. But really? he said, oh, yeah. And, and and Daniel Craig said that he loved playing Bond, but he hated playing Bond because every single movie that he's made in the since 2006, uh, he has broken bones. He's been bruised. He feels like he's aged 10, 15 years than what he should be. Uh, I just this role took a toll on him, and I think from stuff that he said in interviews recently that this was just his way of saying, "Nope, this is how I want to go out." Which I'm shocked because there is no way. I mean, how are you going to come from this? Because I mean, are we going to go to Roger Moore camp next? Are we going to go to Crazy Bond? Because they're going to make another Bond, right? That's going to eventually happen. They don't say for the next 10 years, but who's going to play it? How are they going to do it? I mean, this Daniel Craig franchise is going to be well into the psyche for a very long time. I think this is the most relevant and the best Bond films we've ever got, these five movies. These are great uh, compared to the other crap that we've gotten before because there's a lot of crappy Bond films. And I wonder if they're going to take a break for a bit, you know, like – let this uh, let this saga kind of marinate a well, bit. They said ten years. Jeez, ten years. That's what they said. They said we're going to give it ten years. That should because be enough for a reset. They, oh yeah, because the because the guy who they wanted to take up the mantle is getting too old now. Uh, they had actually get ready to negotiate. They were going to have Idris Elba play Bond. Yep. Yeah, and I know that uh, again. Everyone's getting. A bit older for it too, so yeah, I think it's good that they're they're not going to rush into it. They're just like, go oh, on, pump the brakes, take your time, figure it right. out. Right. So we get into the big reveal at the end. Uh, we get Money Penny, Q, M. Everybody's you know toasting the bot, and then we get the last shot of the movie where the wife goes to the daughter and says, "Let me tell you all about your father, Bond, James Bond." Do 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 do. Oh yeah. So we know right then and there that Bond is the father, and we could get Bond as a kid. I wouldn't think that would happen, but hey, this is also the first time that Bond has a kid. Is this a good way to end it? Sure. Or not? You don't care, do you? Because you're not a Bond guy. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how else you would, you know? Like, um, he, he died, and so them driving off into whatever in the Aston Martin is is fine, you know? it It worked for... Um, for them, I guess. I mean, I, which is kind of a weird thing that she would just now decide to tell her daughter about James Bond, rather than you know, I guess, I guess she hated him for leaving him. So she's like, nope, nope. I don't know who your father yeah. is. He left. He left me. Well, how about this? I don't want to rant, 
so I'll make it short because I've ranted this whole episode. I apologize to not only you, Eric, but, uh, you, Eric, but I apologize to the fans because it's probably like this has been the Jordan show. But I'm just – there's only a few of these in the History of Movie Guys podcast. I just – when I'm really excited about something, I just – and I'm very knowledgeable on it. I just go off. <laughs> you're, you're good. Like I, I'm, This is – I mean – This is a show for me. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, like I'm learning yeah. a lot about James Bond. Sorry, but like when it comes to aliens and Bond – you might as well just not even not even show up, Eric. <laughs> well, I don't think we're doing any <laughs> any alien movies soon, so we'll stick with no, the no, it doesn't. But let's go to the popcorn ratings. I feel like this is going to be a cop out for me. I always give my reveal off first, and I explain why. Um, this is not a small; it's it's not a large. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this is a medium because it looks great. Uh, the acting is, is Bond. So you're not going this expecting great, wonderful Oscar acting. Um, Fukunawa, I I was expecting more of him because, remember, this is the director who was originally supposed to do the new It. And he was fired because he really wanted to do the gangbang scene and they wouldn't let him. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, like, you wanted to do a gangbang scene and It. Child gangbang. And now you're doing Bond, and I'm expecting something risque, something dangerous, if you will. And this is a very generic Bond film. He didn't add anything to it. I feel that Fukunawa could have been any Joe Schmidt, uh, Joe Schmo director. You know what I mean? Because for the longest time, they wanted Christopher Nolan to do it. And Christopher Nolan has expressed interest in doing it. And I feel Christopher Nolan would give some flavor. And that's the reason why I'm talking about this, because I feel like that is a big detriment to this movie is that Fukunawa just seems like a director for hire. It feels like a flavor of the month. Yeah, uh, but this movie feels like to it. this movie started cutting off. This movie feels like a color by numbers movie anyway for a director. Right. But I mean, like, but Sam Mendes did something new with Skyfall. I mean, like, it's just, it's just certain directors add certain flares. And I was expecting Fukunawa, like, for an example, if I would say the next James Bond film was directed by Quentin Tarantino, you would have an expectation of how that James Bond film would be. And well, yeah, of course. That the guy who created True Detective and the guy who was originally signed to do it and was dead set on doing the gangbang scene and he got fired for, that is a very infamous story. So, all right, so you hire him to do Bond. I'm expecting something different. But I didn't get that, and that's another reason why my why my review is a medium bag is because what can Fukunawa do? And he did nothing. He was a gun for hire. Um, Daniel Craig is great as Bond. I have said for years that he's my favorite Bond. This is not your father's Bond. I like him. Um, he is a Bond that I can get behind. Uh, I'm really happy that they tied all the loose ends. They finally stopped the uh, Vespa storyline. Uh, can make a conclusion with that. I, I love the fact that we got Rami Malek because after Bohemian Rhapsody, when they said that he was going to be the next Bond villain, I thought, great, that was wonderful. What a great casting choice. He should have been Dr. No. That was my prediction since 2006. I guess I'm officially wrong, but for hardcore Bond fans, argue with me who listen to this show. Tell me that he's not Dr. No. Um, Bond having a daughter, it's okay. I guess for this Daniel Craig movie, um, everything is wrapped up in a tight little bow at the end. I'm fine with it. Uh, it's not the best. It's not the worst of the Daniel Craig movies. 
but a, a just just a good old solid medium bag of popcorn. It's fine. If you're a fan of Bond, you'll like it. I've rant too much. Eric, what is your popcorn rating for No Time to Die? The, uh, medium bag. It's a it's it's generic. It's just kind of right there with the rest of it. I know it's a closer for the Daniel Craig saga. That's fine, but I had to go into this feet running, man. Like, like I had to go in there real fast because I didn't. Uh, I don't remember Spectre. I, don't, I maybe I don't think I watched it. Maybe I did. I don't think so. Uh, I, but you know, going into this just kind of just new as a standalone film, and you know, it was a lot of questions I had, and it doesn't seem like having watched Spectre, I would have gotten any more answers. So uh, they needed to to fix that part, but for the other part, for every other part, it was fine. It was a spy movie, classic part of the spy movie. You know, we got some gadgets, we got some action, we got some cool chase scenes, we got some cool gun scenes. Um, yeah, I mean, like it was all there to, to, for it to be in a Bond movie. So it just wasn't anything new. It wasn't anything completely like safe. So you know, it's it's not. I don't know. You know, it's. It didn't blow my mind. I, I wanted there to be more. I really did, but there just wasn't. So that's just kind of what it is. Um, I'll remember this movie as that is maybe as something of as something that could have been. But well, I'm also uh, I'm also that you know I'm not a, a hardcore Bond fan like like you or some others. Well, here's a little history for the fans. Movie Guys podcast officially started one month after Spectre was released. Because Bond was always released in November. So November of 2015 is when Spectre got released. And then that's when Movie Guys Podcast started was in December. So if we just would have started in November, we could have reviewed Spectre. Whew, well, I'm glad well, we didn't. Oh, these, whatever, bud. These movies are, are, are fine, but the other part of it, too, is like is I had to, like, you know, I had to plan for this movie. This this two hour forty three minute movie, like you know, like it had to it had, things moved around. Like it, that's okay. the other part of it with these movies that this is that they're so damn long. This jeez, uh, I hear almost three hours. It's just like, dude, really? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a sick day for this. Can I challenge you before we close out the show? You will not accept, and I hope the fans accept it. But would I? I hope you accept it. I feel you will be in the same boat that I am now if you take a year, a year, mm -hmm. and come back this time next year and have watched all 25 Bond films. And then maybe you will feel the same way I do. I, I can, can you uh, try that? No. I will tell you right now, like that is a year? No. I... Just on and off, you know, you know, one movie here, one movie there. You know, it's funny. I am not that. How many movies are there? Twenty-five. This is the this is the twenty-fifth. No, you know what? Even if you told no, twenty-five movies in a year for an Alvin Bond. I don't. I don't know if I want to say yes to that. I wouldn't even say yes to that if it was a Marvel. Like it just. It's, I mean, it's, that, okay. that that that's a whole lot. That feels, you know what I mean? Like, uh, hey, do you want to get burned out on spy movies real damn quick, Eric? It's like, yeah. Uh, it's like two movies a month. So you know, the other part of it is, again, it's like three hours of just dated quality, you know, of, of like horrible 
cut split screen is ugh. oh they're not like that no craig craig started the three hour bullshit they were all before craig not even two hours well that craig. well that's better yeah oh yeah i mean i mean all the conneries were an hour there you go 30. you get something more more you know episodic you know and then now i'm on it you know like yeah no yeah craig craig started the two hour three hour bullshit everything before craig is 90 minutes Hour forty-five tops. All right. Well, let's. You won't do it. It's okay though. It's okay if you don't. And I'm not trying to convert you to be a Bond fan, but I think that if you would do that, because I did that. That's why I'm challenging you. Because when when Skyfall was going to be released, I wanted to take a step and watch every Bond film leading up to Skyfall. It was my own little challenge to myself. And I did it, and I went to Skyfall with a shit-eating grin, with an expectation, excited for it. And uh, just that, that's what made me a Bond fan. It's just seeing, you know, kind of like if you were a big fan of the original Planet of the Apes series and then seeing the remakes, you're like, oh, I get that reference. Oh, I get that reference. It just kind of makes you smile. And to me, that's the beauty thing. The the beautiful thing. Oh about sure, this. like it's a reward for being you know that that invested into it. But again, yeah. twenty five is like too much. If it was like ten, I could maybe say ten. But keep in mind that like if it was twenty five of anything in the year, that's that's still a, a daunting test. If you even if it said something like that was like a, of a genuine in play, a watch twenty five uh, uh, black comedy movies from the nineties. Eric Jazz Project. It's like I, I would I would enjoy it, but it would still be like that's a lot. You know what I mean? Okay. It's, it's a it's a valid. big it's a big and it's a it's just that's a lot of time. All right, well, all right, I will not try to convince you anymore. You know, I I you might do, do a bowling league this year. You know, <laughs> if you want to do it, do it. If you don't, I will try, which I tend to forget sometimes. But if I don't this time next year, Eric, did you watch twenty five on films? And you'll say, what the fuck are you talking about? Then we can move on with your life. So maybe basic cable <laughs> to have like a marathon. All right. Right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this very long episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Again, I apologize for people who are listening that may still listen. This was a Jordan rant. Uh, I'm just I'm just giddy about Bond, and that's why I wanted Eric to do the 25 Bond thing because I think he'll be just as giddy because he's a film fan and there's a lot of history there. But if you like this episode, like always, check us out on all the social media platforms or wherever you get your podcast from. We are on. You can also check out our main site, movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. And before we close out our show, I wanted to make an announcement. Next month in November is when we're going to announce the nominees for our annual Movie Guys Podcast Awards. I'm going to start saying this so everybody knows to vote like I did last year. We always vote for the week of Thanksgiving all the way to the week of Christmas. So look for the nominees to come out in November. We'll make announcement to it because Eric and I do not vote. Only you, the fans, vote. So you guys decide what is the best, the worst, so on and so forth of movies that we reviewed this year. And I think this year, Eric, for the Movie Guys Awards, it's going to be interesting because we have reviewed, I would argue, these are the worst movies we reviewed in a single year. So we'll see what happens. Yep. I don't know if you agree. It's so, been a lot, of, a lot of bad movies we've seen this year, Jordan. It has. It has. But everybody, thank you so much for listening. 
We'll be back next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night.